following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What a joy. What a joy to see you on this Wednesday night. And last week we started a series. It's going to be a two-part series unless I feel anointed to do a third part. But we talked about the blood last week, and we talked about the blood that covers. We talked about the blood of the lamb is stronger than the bite of the serpent. Wow, that's so powerful to me. There's nothing greater than what I am going to preach here tonight. Now, it may sound simple. It may sound like, well, you know, I've heard that before. Maybe you haven't. But I want to talk to you tonight on another portion of this called the captain of our salvation. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, we're going to set up tonight. We're going to lean forward and we're going to get a hold of some things in our life. The last thing I want to do is be boring, okay? Okay, okay. (laughs) I used to tell young preachers, if you bore and bore and bore and you don't strike oil in 20 minutes, shut down the well. (laughs) Shut down the drilling. It's time to go home. So if I don't see that I'm doing much tonight, I'll just shut it down and we'll just do something else on Sunday, all right? But I feel good in my spirit tonight. Everybody say, everybody say, Pastor, teach the word to us tonight. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Teach the word to us tonight. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to us tonight. Let me leave here a different person than what I was when I came in. Amen. You may be seated. Leviticus 17, 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Not the death of the flesh, but life of the flesh. Hebrews 2 and 10 says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Verse 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. That's us. He helps us. Say, he helps me. For this reason he had had to be made like them, fully human in every way. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered When he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Everybody say, he's walked where I walked. He won. Because he won, I can win. See, I believe that God is a God that adds to life. He doesn't take away from life. He said, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. Watch this now. And that more abundant. It's not just life, it's abundant life. He is the giver of all 
good things. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. He so loved the world that he gave. He stresses, if you want more than the norm in your life, be a giver. Be a giver. Be a giver. He will give it back to you, heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into your bosom. So if you want to be a giver, give your praise wholeheartedly. Give your service to the church wholeheartedly. Make sure your talents are in this house. Make sure your treasure is given. Be a giver of everything you have to a cause that's greater than yourself, amen? So, there are five stories in 2 Kings chapter four. I love 2 Kings four. Go home and read it. Just go home and read the whole chapter. The first is the widow whose sons were being taken by the people that, that took sons into slavery because she couldn't pay the debt of her husband who had passed away. And uh, she found oil in her vessel and she kept pouring oil for every time they brought a vessel and she filled the house up with vessels full of oil and sold it and, and got the money to pay her sons out of that prison. The second is a Shunammite woman that was promised a son because she gave a room on the side of her house to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha called her in one day and said, you'll have a son this time next year. And she did. She said, don't lie to me. He said, I'm not. You'll have a son. She did. And then the third part is her son's death. When he was a grown young man, he came in from the field. He held his head. He fell out. He died in her lap. And the prophet came back and laid on that boy and he sneezed and woke up and the rest is history. He came back to life. Which means when God gives you a promise and it looks like it's died in your life, go find that prophet and say, preach to me again. Don't ever let a promise die in your life that's been given to you by God. Come on now. And then the fourth is the prophet's reunion, poison in the pot. They're, they brought these, these mushrooms and put it in the pot. It's having mushroom stew. And there was poison. And Elisha said, I don't want you to do anything except put something in it. And then the feeding of 100 men with 20 loaves. Wow, 100 men with 20 loaves. Maybe that's where Jesus got the idea to feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes and 4,000 with seven loaves and two fishes. But the fourth miracle is one I want to talk about. The prophet cried, there's death in the pot. What can we do? And Elisha said, watch this now, put meal in the pot. Add something to it. God is not a God that fixes you by subtracting from you. He's a God that fixes you by adding something to you that is greater than anything you've ever experienced in your life. Now stay with me. He don't take from, he said, don't separate the food to find the poison. Add some meal. Put some meal in it. And when they drew it out, the poison was gone. They had a good old supper. I hear they had a dance that night, all that. I don't know what they did, no. Now the word antidote means something that counteracts poison neutralizes the killing effects of poison or disease. So we're going to talk about antidote tonight. 
wars and fires and earthquakes get a lot of press in the paper and on the news, but each day we live at the mercy of organisms one trillionth our size. No matter how large our success, how great our dominion, our biggest struggle is against adversaries no more than seven microns wide. The great plague of the 14th century killed one third of all the people in Europe. <clears throat> Ships drifted crewless at sea, highways were uninhabited, vast estates went unattended. Of all the pilgrims coming to Rome for Easter in 1348, 90% went home infected. Early in the 20th century, eight and a half million people died in a war to end all war, World War I. Yet a year later, 25 million died from a flu epidemic. And we've just gone through a time in the last two years of people falling out and dying over a thing called COVID, coronavirus. It means one that wears the crown. But I want to talk about the blood again tonight, the antidote of all antidotes, the blood that brings life to us not takes it from us. Scientists tell us that blood is broken down to two areas. There's red cells, which are the producers, and there's white cells, which are the fighters. Doctors call them lymphocytes, the antidotes of the body. Now, there was a time when doctors thought that bloodletting, I'm gonna get to the good part in a minute, just stay with me, that bloodletting or draining blood from a person that was infected was the proper thing to do. It would bring a cure. And so you hear the word bloodletting. However, scientists discovered what the Bible had stated in Leviticus, the life of the flesh is in the blood. During healthy periods in the body, this is gonna make you happy, 25 billion white cells, lymphocytes float freely in your bloodstream while 25 billion more ride the blood cell walls. Wow, you got an army inside of you. I told you there's a lot of God in all of you. Did I tell you that Sunday? There's a lot of fight in here, come on. There's a lot of fight in here. There's a lot of antidotes in here. Come on, you gotta get happy about that. This has increased 10 times, 10 times in the body when infections come. Some of the white cells, lymphocytes, live only eight to 10 hours for the cause of the cure. They go out and sacrifice themselves so that the cure will come, while some can live 60 to 70 years. But those who survive long-term have what is called a chemical memory. <laughs> this makes me so happy. Those white blood cells remember infection from years gone by while stored away in some lymph node somewhere in your body. Like if a person cuts his hand and infection sets in, the antibodies, the white cells in the blood rush to that spot. Fever shows the cells are fighting. When you have fever, that means something's fighting for you. Fighting to take dominion of the infection that is present. Isn't that, don't that make you feel good? Now that makes you feel better about, well, I got 103 fever. Well, somebody's fighting for you. Don't you imagine they're sweating too? Boy, I wanna preach this tonight. The white cells fingerprint that infection, then rush to the nearest lymph node to send a message of the infection. 
and the lymph nodes in turn produce billions of antibodies and lymphocyte cells. Because of this fantastic blood, the word immunization has come along in our vocabulary. Diseases like smallpox and diphtheria and rabies and cholera and typhus and typhoid fever and polio and measles have all been defeated by this thing called immunization. Amen. Immunization simply takes tired or killed virus and injects the body and when the white cells, the lymphocytes, see this that is in your body, these fighters, they build up an immunization and aborts the disease before it can take control of the body. Hear me, I'm gonna give you three words. Blood has power. I'm not talking about anybody, I'm talking about your blood. Your blood has power. Say, I always thought I was tough. <laughs> I may not have muscles, but I got some blood in me. I'm telling you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in you is all kinds of antibodies, lymphocytes, fighters that says you're not gonna take this person down. This person's gonna walk out of here. This person's gonna live tomorrow. This person's gonna have victory tonight because the blood fights for your life. I read a story of scientist Edward Jenner. His attempt to bring smallpox remedies to America. He brought a ship full of horses and on the journey he would inject a horse with smallpox. Then that horse would start to expire and portions of the blood that the animal of that animal would be transferred to another horse, a well horse. He brought a lot of horses. And the process continued all the way across the Atlantic and horses died all the way to America. Finally, one horse was vaccinated. I think his name was Secretariat, I'm just teasing. <laughs> and though he became very sick, he became very ill, he lived. He lived. His blood had won the war over smallpox. It was only a few years later that smallpox was a yesterday because of Edward Jenner's beautiful way of bringing it to an end. The blood of an animal won the war with disease. The property of the blood can be passed, folks, from one person to another. Author Paul Brand is where I received my enlightenment for what I want to teach now. Paul Brand wrote a book entitled In His Image. I read this book way, way, way a long time ago and God dropped this in my heart a long, long time ago. He wrote it as a medical book and I thought I'll never get excited about a medical book but boy, I couldn't put it down. He wrote so well. He was practicing in India Dr. Brand was living among and doctoring lepers and he was trying to make a life with those who were listless and helpless. In one of his chapters, he told that measles were rampant in his village and he and his wife had a small daughter and he feared she would contact the measles and her immune system would be insufficient to fight off these measles. So Dr. Brand did something just out of a hunch of a doctor he went to the village one day and asked if there was anyone there who had ever contacted the measles any time in their life. And he found a man 
that had contacted and had come through the infection. So he asked the man for his blood. And the man agreed, so he took a vial of blood out. Dr. Brand had respect, but he took that vial. And he injected his little daughter with the blood of an Indian man, and it was overcoming blood. It was blood that had beaten the measles. And her blood received the overcomer's blood. Oh, hallelujah. And her system built up a resistance against the measles virus. And she never contacted the measles. Her blood built up an immunization against what might have killed her. Now, Dr. Brand called this blood wise blood. Can I say something tonight? It's not blood to blood, but it's spirit to spirit. I got something moving in me tonight that wants to move in you. And I'm trying to transmit something to you. I've come through some things and I've won. I've walked through some valleys and come out of them. I've had some sickness in my life and persevered. And I'm here to declare to you, if I can come through those things, you can come through those things in your life. Come on, clap your hands. I can do this. I can do this. We're talking about Easter season. The blood of the lamb is powerful. Woo! Hallelujah. Everybody say wise blood. Wise blood blood is a blood that remembers and never forgets. John the Revelator wrote it this way. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Christ in Revelation is pictured as a lamb looking as if it had been slain. This is a passage of scripture that we miss the context of sometime. I want to read it real slow. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. What does the rest of it say? I have overcome not a little heel, not a little foothill, not a little mountain. I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. I believe tonight that you can walk out of here with an overcoming spirit like you've never possessed in your life because understanding, knowledge brings understanding to our lives. And I'm telling you, you're walking with power inside of you. I preach Sunday, there's a whole lot of God in there and there's some blood that he put in us and that blood's got fighters in it and you've got a fighting spirit in your bloodstream and you might as well go ahead and say, I'm gonna live this life I'm going to be healed in my body. I'm going to be delivered from my attachments to the world. I'm going to be set free of all my ailments. I'm going to walk right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to live right. Come on, you've got to say that. You've got to open your mouth and say that. Mm. Mm. Everybody say, Jesus died for us. And we'll celebrate his resurrection on Easter, but we celebrate it here every week. Charles Spurgeon said, the churches that celebrate resurrection every week are the ones you want to go to. Thank you, Mr. Spurgeon. That helped me on a Wednesday night here in Austin. How many of you believe Jesus is risen? Come on now. Come on, how many of you believe that? Come on, you need to, I need to hear your voice. How many believe he's risen? How many believe he's risen? Come on now, come on. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, imagine a scientist looking through a microscope and seeing all manner of bacteria on that slide, that glass slide, and wanting so bad to fight that disease and whip it, he views looking through the lens, and he would love to pull off his white coat, shrink to the size of that bacteria, and fight that disease on that slide. Literally, get on the glass and fight in the world of amoebas. Realizing he can't, realizing he can't frustrates many brilliant minds. However, what a scientist couldn't do, Jesus did. The eternal, oh, I'm fixing to preach now. The eternal God of the universe left the viewing side of the microscope, robed himself in flesh, became Emmanuel, God with us, took on the form of man, dwelt among us, and he who knew no sin became sin for us so that he could forgive us of our sin. He that had no sickness in him became that so he could heal us of our sickness. He that had no attachments to this world, he said, the devil has nothing in me, became somebody that the enemy tormented so that he could take care of us so that his blood could counteract and become the antidote of all of our sin and all of our suffering and all of our pain and all of our hurt. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, he was tempted and tried in all points, yet without sin. You know how long ago it's been since I've got this message because I'm going to quote Phil Donahue. I don't mind telling you, I used to love Phil. I don't know what he's doing today, but I used to love him. He had some good quotes. He, one day on his show, he said, if my wife was in a burning building, I'd rescue her myself. Oh, I know the fireman would be there. I know people would want to save my life so I wouldn't go in and get her. But he said, I wouldn't send someone else. I'd go rescue her myself. Mr. Donahue, Jesus is the mighty God robed in flesh. And he didn't send anybody else. He came as the son of God, but he was all God. And he came to where we were when he could have stayed there and just judged us from there. But he walked among us. As Lord, he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Sickness and disease, he healed them all. All manner of diseases. Death and dying, he conquered death three different times. The first was Jairus' daughter. The second was the widow's son of Nain. And the third was Lazarus. There's all in different stages of death. The sins in the Garden of Gethsemane, he took the cup of sin when he said, let it pass from me if it's your will. But it wasn't God's will to let it pass from him. And he took the sins. Listen to me. He took the sins of the world in the cup that he took. So every sin that he was opposed to because his, his nature is holiness, his nature is godliness, but he took the sin 
He took every sin that could even ever be thought of in this world so that you would know that when it touched his blood, his spiritual antibodies went to working. And when he went to the cross, he was hanged there between two thieves. You hear me, the Lord came and gave to the church wise blood. Any disease, any sin, any sickness, any situation in your life, he took it for himself so that you could have his blood in your life and be healed of any situation. Are you reading me? Are you reading me? You're not doing this by yourself. My mom and dad used to do this and I've got to close. I've got to close because I've got to get ready for Sunday. <laughs> Lord, I love to preach to you folks. My mom and dad, mom and dad I, I'm going to teach you something that in my lifetime. My mom and dad used to, every now and then when things just kind of get riled up and sickness would come to us boys and mom and dad would feel like that they just had to do it, they would, they would say this. I plead the blood of Jesus in this house. And then they'd follow up with, devil, did you hear that? <laughs> we plead the blood of Jesus in this house. You know what would happen? We most of the time got well. Because we didn't want that devil on us of sickness. And, but they pled the blood. So you know what I do when things kind of get rocky in my house? I plead the blood of Jesus. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. He has wise blood. His blood is wise. If our blood, if our blood can find antibodies and be remembered for 50, 60 years down the road. My dad had cancer in 1995. My dad had cancer, 92, forgive me. He had colon cancer. And the doctor said, Mr. Johnson, we're gonna have to go in there and take it out. And they took it out. He went 57 weeks, 50, I mean 57 uh, 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 what do you call it? That chemo. Five in a row and then one every Tuesday for a whole year. Chemotherapy. And when he got through, the doctor said, this cancer's in remission. And then she made a statement. She said, Mr. Johnson, you'll, you'll die one day, but it won't be by cancer. How could she be, how could she be that totally honest and not fudge to my daddy because she understood the blood system. And if our blood is that powerful, if our blood is that great, if our blood has that kind of memory, I'm preaching about a savior tonight that can take anything in your life and say, oh, I've done that. And it's right here. I've done that. I've healed that. I've raised that up. And he just reaches and touches a computer in himself and says, I can take care of that situation. There is nothing Nothing, nothing that my God can't do. Nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He found a way to escape of escape for every temptation. He won, his blood won, every battle, every war, every sickness, every sin, every temptation, every issue that could hold back a child of God. Jesus won. If your blood remembers, don't you think his blood does also? Hebrews 4 says, for we have not a high priest. Randy, help me. I'm, I don't want to go over too much. 
I started late tonight. I want y'all to know that. <laughs> Wasn't my fault. For we, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Layman's terms. We have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. Hebrews 2 and 10 said, For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Everybody say, Hail, hail, my captain. I love you tonight. Thank you for providing a way of escape for me because of your precious blood that you shed on the cross. Listen to me now. I, this, this is kind of how I'm going to close. When that blood of the creator hit the ground of the creation, there was an earthquake and graves were open and the sun, the sun didn't shine for a space of about three hours. But then the sun shone again. Here's what I want to tell you. Graves open. And when Jesus came out of the grave on the third morning, those people whose graves were open came out of their graves. They were people that lived on the other side of the cross. They came up out of their graves and walked through the streets of Jerusalem. It's in your Bible. Proclaiming that this is the Messiah. This is the Lord. Here's what I want to tell you. If people that were on that side of the cross could come up out of their graves, we people on this side of the cross ought to be able to look back and say, nothing's going to hold my body down. I'm going to come up. 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 I'm going to come up out of the ground that has tried to pound me down. I'm going to raise up and be victorious. It's called wise blood. Jesus' blood delivers from sin, heals, saves, sets free from temptation, raises things from the dead. It's our protector. The blood is our protector. Exodus, the blood of the lamb in Egypt was put on the door and the death angel could not come in. Satan is a fallen angel. And that death angel couldn't come past the door of blood of a four-footed lamb. Don't you think that Jesus' blood can protect your house? If Satan, if the death angel couldn't come through that, Satan can't come through your house. But you've got to believe what I'm preaching tonight. You just can't walk, you've got to believe this. That angel could not get past the blood of the four-footed lamb. How much more the lamb of God serves us. Power. I close. That's what mattered most to a man named Napoleon, power. He wanted it and he got it. Under his leadership, the armies of France won some stunning victories and extended control well beyond their borders. But it wasn't enough for Napoleon. He knew there was one thing, one force that stood in his way. It is said that one day he gathered all his top officers together around this large table, laid across on that table a map of Europe, and with a big red spot on it, that spot was England. There was a big red spot on that map. And pounding his fist on the table, Napoleon raged. If it weren't for that one red spot, I could have it all. Try as he might to avoid the obvious, England would not just go away. 
I can almost picture it this evening. Satan gathers his demonic forces, lieutenants around a large table in hell, looking at the map of the world, a map with a big red spot on it. A spot marks the hill in Israel just outside the city of Jerusalem. On a hill stands a cross stained with the blood of Jesus. And Satan knows he's gone as far as he can. And with almost uncontrolled rage, he shouts, if it weren't for that one red spot, I could have them all. That red spot is the devil's, devil's graveyard, and it can be the graveyard for his hellish plans for you if you make what happened there yours. The historians, what happened there was a brutal crucifixion of an innocent man, but from God's side of the story, it was there that he forgave all of our sins. He forgave my sins. Hell, there's just something to be said about that one red spot. Listen to me. There's nothing like wise blood. My dad died. He finally passed at 86 years old. He died of a heart failure. There was no cancer in his body because there's something powerful about the blood. Stand to your feet. So here's what I want to tell you in closing tonight. Here's what I want to tell you in closing. The thing that God has given you victory over, don't let it ever get away from you. Don't let it come back on you because when he delivers you, you're free. When he's washed you with his blood, you're free. You're free. Come on, you're free. You're free. And the Bible said we should stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We're free. We used to sing in our church at home, thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. He has shown you some things here tonight. Let the knowledge of the Lord get in your mind and live in that victorious, triumphant life because his blood never forgets never forget. Dear Father, I love you tonight. I thank you for these precious people and our people online, our viewing audience online. And Lord, I'm just so happy that we meet here on Wednesday night as is our custom and we praise you and we give you honor. Thanks for the beautiful music tonight. There's going to be music when I stop praying tonight and we'll sing people out of here tonight. But I want folks to go home having learned tonight that there's power, power, power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now help us, bless us, and watch over us, and keep your hand on us, and bring us back Sunday, excited about the fortnight before Easter. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say there's wise blood in this house. Come on, there's wise blood here. I love you. Have a great evening. You're the best.